your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. This is the Ribs and BK Podcast on 101 ESPN. family, no friends, no chances for fun, and absolutely no familiarity, um, their lifestyle is going to be changed 100%. You know, they're used to staying in Ritz-Carlton's, coming and going as they please, flying on charter jets, and now you're going to be at Disney uh, in hotels um, with very little, from what I understand, uh, flexibility to to live a normal life. It's going to be a huge challenge. I have never been more prepared to talk about a subject (laughs) than the one that we are about to talk about. Never in my life. Now, we've talked about a lot of sports, and I watch a lot of sports. I got into this industry for a reason, right? Never in my life have I been more prepared to talk about summer camp and Disney World than I am right now with this very topic. With former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. So that was Jeff Van Gundy, the former NBA coach's opinion on what we're about to see in Disney World. He seems to believe this is going to be awful. Just awful. It's going to be a total reverse in course from what these players are used to in their everyday lives. And while that may be true, I couldn't disagree more with his assessment of what it's going to be like for these players. Jamie, let me give you a brief description of what it's going to look like on a daily basis for an NBA player who is playing basketball down in Disney World. And it sounds like for the first 40 to 60 days, we'll be without their families. They will have a players-only lounge that includes video games, TV, other sorts of games, pool, trails. There will be barbers, manicurists, pedicurists available. You will have a 24-hour VIP concierge service available to you at all times. There will be movie screenings, including movies that have yet to be released, like Black Widow, for instance. Yeah! There will be DJ sets that are on on campus. There will be video games and ping pong and lawn games and golf and bowling and fishing, and players can go to the other basketball games if they want to. Jamie, what the hell am I missing here? Why is this a bad thing? This sounds amazing. <laughs> Listen, I couldn't agree more. It, look, it, it stinks to the point where, yeah, you're going to miss your family, okay? And if you've got children and, you know, all that stuff, yeah, it's going to suck from that standpoint. But once you get into the bubble, as I'll, I'll call it, 
you're going to have fun, man. Like, you're there with your guys, and, you know, I compared it to all the time was getting on the road with the guys. You have an extended road trip, and we saw some of the the, the footage of the Blues and the playoffs and some of the behind-the-scenes, and they're playing golf up in the, you know, the suite for the team. They're playing video games. They're just chilling, like... Some of the best times you have is doing that stuff. And I can't imagine, you know, getting up in the morning. Maybe you got practice. Then you hit the golf course, shoot nine, maybe 18, depending how you feel. Get by the pool, relax, go have a nice meal. Then maybe go watch a movie at night. Sounds rough, man. Don't how are they going to make it? <laughs> maybe while you're watching the movie, you got a manicure, a mani-pedi going on. Like, are you kidding me? And let's remember here, this is also the teams that are there. Like, when you're eliminated, you're gone. So there's less people on this campus. So more for these certain players that make it the distance. I can tell you this from this definition of what these hub cities are going to be like and the NHL players, they're sitting there going, what the F? I got to be locked in a hotel in one city? Well, wait. you're going to be locked in a hotel in Vegas, yeah. not in just one city, not some random place. One somewhere. group of people are locked in a city in Vegas. The other group might be locked in Potentially Toronto. In Toronto. You'll yeah. be I. <laughs> I've seen, Jamie, you certainly have more experience in Toronto than I do. But from what I've heard, you can have a pretty good time yeah. in Toronto. Uh, at this time of year, too, summertime, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, they they're got, not going to have a golf course. They got Well, they do have golf courses. But are they going to allow them to go? to them? I don't see why not. There's a million private courses. Because I thought that they were saying that you have to be in the hotel if you're not at the rink. Well, I think this is still being developed. Yeah. Okay? The other thing and for the NHL is now they've seen this. Well, that's what I was going to say is now that's that the NBA plan is out there, I think the NHL will look at it and go, okay, these are great things here. These are things that don't quite work for yeah. our guys, our sport. But man, this is a great idea over here. Let's add that to what we're doing. I guarantee baseball or basketball rather, they're going to be the leaders in this and they're going to kind of set the stage for the other sports to kind of do it. This is where again, I totally lose my mind with baseball because they're the only frigging sport that hasn't adopted this quarantine slash bubble destination area, whatever you want to call it. They're going to try and duplicate that in every single city. I just don't know how that's going to work, but not to get off topic, but yeah, you know what? NBA, I want to sign up. I want to go. I want to go play ping pong with LeBron. I'll be the trainer. This sounds awesome. Like some of my favorite memories in the world are growing up. I was more of a basketball player than a football player, frankly. And so I would go to camps and I went to KU one year. I know that's sacrilege, but I was growing up in Kansas City. KU had Bill Self and they were a good basketball team. So I went to one of their camps. I appreciate that. Yeah, we might. I went to one of their camps and you're just there for like five days in a dorm room with a bunch of other dudes your age and you just hang out, play basketball, go down, watch some movies and play video games, do whatever together. It was awesome. That's what this is. They're just, instead of being 14, 15 years old, they're 22 through 35 years old. These guys are going to have a blast with this. Now, are there going to be difficulties? Of course. If you're a 35-year-old guy that's got a 7-year-old kid at home, it's going to be rough not being able to see them every day. It might be just what he needs. Yeah. <laughs> There's that's also... A different. <laughs> They've been in quarantine for three months. We all know you can use a little bit of a break, right? And so 
There's going to be difficulties, yeah. yeah. There will also be positives that come from this. 65780 <laughs> is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 314. BK, don't overhype it. You went to band cap. That's not true, sir. <laughs> I was never once in the band. I was in the band for one day. I saw they told me how much I was going to have to practice, and I was like, and a choir it is this year, uh, boys. Well, this one time at band camp? This, uh, <laughs> this does remind me of uh, when you're talking about being at camp and whatnot, when we used to have the team. Team Canada camps, like we have the evaluation things and for the World Juniors, and then you'd have a summertime camp that you know being evaluated, but you'd have all the guys in like a dorm, and you'd have a cafeteria, you'd have a basketball court, you'd have a movie area, you'd have video games, and we were all just hanging out. It was literally like a big camp, and I can just imagine that this is going to be along the same lines as that. Now, my biggest question about things to come with this are how long does it stay interesting to these guys? And 22, 23, 24-year-old NBA basketball player, two, three weeks in, is getting kind of bored. He's tired of being with the guys. Disney World is open next door. How are we going to regulate traffic that might be leaving or coming in? And, you know, I think that that's where it's going to get probably a little more problematic i don't like are they gonna have like a border patrol type thing i don't know there are going to be some difficulties with all of this there's no question it's a bunch of dudes at disney world which is a public place that are in the prime of their athletic careers it's a, a lot of guys are single and they're ready to mingle bk like there's, Dennis rodman style oh, there's boy. some questions that are going to arise yep and that's where self-policing is going to have to happen, right? You're going to have to find a way to make it through at least that first 45-ish days. And then after that, you can figure things out. But the first month's going to be a little tough. That being said, we also have to remember they are playing games. Like, they, they will go down for shoot-around. I saw the schedule yesterday. They get down there at, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock. They come back, eat lunch, go back out to the courts, and you're out there around 4 or 5 o'clock. You get back to your hotels around 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. These are going to be full days for the teams that are playing at the time, so it's not like they're just going to be sitting on their butts at Disney World most of the days. Yeah. First couple of weeks are really when that's going to be Let happening. me tell you who this doesn't excite the PR for the teams. Like, you know the PR people are like, oh my god, this is going to be a nightmare. I think there'll be, there'll be some difficulties for sure, but I also think that the NBA as a whole and every team should probably try to calculate or to profit off this too is you're going to have so much ancillary content like if a network I, I don't know who the major network LeBron is LeBron versus 80 and ping pong well, right yeah, like, like so TNT right they're a big basketball channel and they got their shows like yeah LeBron versus whoever in ping pong or you know player X is going to be golfing for the very first time and here he is on the tee box at pool volleyball right like there's there's so many different opportunities for activities there's yeah. So much room for activities in this place. And trust me, the NBA will be selling all of that. You'll have, you know, LeBron doing the backstroke, sponsored by Speedo. Like they're gonna have all that stuff going on. Like, I I am going to be fascinated how they pick the barbers. 
the the, the no, barber like inclusion call isn't there some i've read yeah. in here there's like some protocol for the barbers got to pass or be selected or something i would love to see those pamphlets that the barbers are handing to the nba right because i've got to imagine it's some sort of application process right and like does lebron's barber just immediately get in because Ooh. it's bronze barber he might he might w- where's the threshold there how yeah. many guys get to have their guy well, as the barber got the fake hair too he's got to have his guy he, he's got to have a special guy to cut that also manny and pedicures i guess ever that. had one uh yes i've had a manicure I was, I was made to have a manicure before my wedding my wife i've had one manicure in my life and that was then and i had one pedicure and i actually tried to tell you that great story i wanted to bring it up with chris thorburn but I had a pedicure, and hockey players, we have these calluses that develop in your skates, and they protect your feet is what they do. Well, I had had a pedicure one time, and they, like, shaved them all off and whatnot, and I didn't know. And it was, like, torture putting my skates back on the next day. Well, I may have told Chris Thorburn in Atlanta when he was a young kid to get a pedicure. It makes your feet feel great. And, yeah, so then the next day he showed up, and his first strides out on the ice, he was looking for me, trying to take my head off. And we still laugh about it to this day. <laughs> I've had one pedicure. It's delightful. It's absolutely delightful. I know I'm going to get shredded for that on the text line. That's perfectly fine. And by the way, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. treating yourself right. BK? You want to look good. You don't want to have From disgusting the 314, feet. I already got this one. BK's Millennial is coming out right now. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Most of these guys that are playing in this are around my age. So if I feel this way, I would imagine there are quite a few of them that feel the same way. I like the manicures better. I really did because you know, we got really? we got damaged hands from blocking pucks, punching helmets, and doing all sorts of crazy. And they give you the hand massage. I was like the guy that's like almost falling asleep. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I could do this all the time. Ladies, like, uh, sir, you need to leave now. We called security. <laughs> With former OHL 100 point scorer Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Earlier today, I was listening to Carriker and Smallman, and they brought up the possibility of trading Jack Flaherty. It sounds crazy on the surface. When you dig a little deeper, it might not be so outlandish. I'll explain that coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Or would you trade, if you're Cardinals, Jack Flaherty for Nolan Arenados? If you are... In the Cardinal front office, and you're providing the social media posts of, for Flaherty. Like, he liked one where it said, Bill DeWitt would rather buy real estate in Southern California than pay for talented players. Which kind of is kind of a shot at his teammates uh, if you endorsed that. <laughs> but if, if you're DeWitt and you're seeing all of this, does that change your mind? Alongside former... 100 penalty minute defenseman for the Worcester Ice Cats, Jamie Rivers. I'm Brandon Kylie. That's Alex Ferrario. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. So, Jack Flaherty, he's pretty outspoken. He's made his thoughts known during this pandemic. He's not messing around. He's among the most outspoken young Cardinal superstars that I've ever seen, Franklin. We talked about that a while ago. Earlier today, as you just heard, Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman brought up the possibility of, do you trade Jack Flaherty? Now, their hypothetical trade was, do you trade him for Nolan Arenado? 
I think that has a roughly 0% chance of happening because of Nolan Arenado's contract and the fact that they would have to take on $30 million per year to bring him here to St. Louis. I think that's very unlikely. I do find the conversation as a general idea, though, to be really interesting right now. Jack Flaherty, after this season, if I'm not mistaken, has another three years left on his deal, all three of which will be arbitration. He has not accepted the Cardinals' offers to him each of the last couple of years because he wants to prove a point for arbitration. He's a guy that's going to get his money. And earlier today, also on Carriker and Smallman, Tim Kirchin said this is what a contract would look like if and when Jack Flaherty is ultimately re-signed by somebody. If he has several more, if he has two more great years, and that's impossible to gauge now because we don't even know if there's only one great year or any years, uh, he's going to get $200 million. I mean, my goodness, he's going to be in the prime of his career. Max Scherzer got that a few years ago and got it and has earned every penny of it so far. You got to think that's where Jack Flaherty's going to be. But given what Garrett Cole got, he might even get more. But of course, it all depends on him being great and continuing to be great. $200 million. How's he going to make ends meet? I don't know, man. That's going to be rough for him. Poor guy. That's what we're talking about with Jack Flaherty. He's the next great superstar young pitcher in Major League Baseball. He's going to hit the market at 28 years old. That's what those guys get. And so if you're the Cardinals right now and you're sitting back and you're watching everything that's taking place on social media with Jack Flaherty and you know what's coming up in terms of the money, do I think he's going to be traded for Nolan Arenado? No. But if I'm a Cardinals fan right now, I'm at least preparing for the possibility of in 2022-ish, when he's got one year left on his deal, the possibility that Jack Flaherty might not be a Cardinal for the long-term future. Yeah, it sounds crazy, obviously, because, and I'm sure, you know, you'll get, destroyed on the text line for that right now and I think people have to understand you're not saying oh yeah we need to trade this guy what you're saying is that he could potentially be so high priced that it might force your hand in some ways and look here's where I am right now on Jack Flaherty um, I think that he's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball and in my opinion the best young pitcher that there is I think that his personality lends itself to the fact that he's outspoken, that he's not taking crap from anybody. That's just who he is, and that's that, which is great. You know what? That's what makes him a superstar is that edge that he has inside of him. But I'm waiting for Adam Wainwright or somebody to just pick up the phone and call him and say, Hey, Jack, I get it, man. I get it. But what you're doing... It's not helping anything. It's not helping our negotiations because the owners look at that and they just, uh, quite honestly, if you look at that across the table, you're like, okay, you just forget it. We're not going anywhere with this. It's just they're disgruntled. They're going to be trying to win. And the players are looking at the same thing from the owners. I think that from a personal standpoint, it raises question marks. If I'm the Cardinals going, wow, this guy's pretty outspoken. And I'm not saying he has to bite his tongue all the time. But it's been it's been a free for all lately. Like he's got that cell phone in a holster, and he's pulling that thing out, and it's like click 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 tweet tweet tweet. Like he's got to just chill. I don't want him to. I guess what I'm saying is, I don't want him to cut his own legs out from underneath him when he has such an amazing opportunity for himself, and in an incredible baseball town where he could be a legend. I don't want him to screw that up. 
I want to be very clear here, too. I wouldn't trade Jack Flaherty. Somebody on the text line, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 217. A lot of money is going to be off the books by then, so we could easily afford him. I agree. The Cardinals can afford to pay Jack Flaherty. I would do so, frankly. I think Jack Flaherty is one of the best young pitchers in baseball. I would love to see him as a long-term Cardinal. That's what my goal would be if I were in charge of the team. I'm not in charge of the team. And for some of you, you're happy that I'm not in charge of the team. For others of you, you would prefer that I would be in charge of the team specifically for this. The way that the Cardinals do business, and that's kind of what I'm thinking about here, is my operating through the mindset of what will the Cardinals do? They are far more apt to look at Jack Flaherty, say, pitchers break. We've seen this time and time again. He's probably going to miss a year at some point for uh, Tommy John surgery because that's how it works with pitchers. And you're looking at, as we just heard from Tim Kirkshin, a $200 million asset. That's not the move that the Cardinals typically make. The move that they more often than not would make is last year of his deal, get something for him, flip him while he's got that value for you. And then you move forward with young guys that come up and replenish the system. And now you've got your next, maybe not Jack Flaherty, but 70 to 80 percent of what Jack Flaherty gave you for 10 percent of the cost of Jack Flaherty. In my eyes, that's the dumbest thing that the Cardinals can do is is trade him away. Because, I mean, look at these superstar pitchers don't come around often. I mean, look at what happened with Alex Reyes. He was supposed to be the superstar pitcher. And he tanked. I mean, he fell apart because the injury set it. Now, you don't know what's going to happen with injuries. Let's say hypothetically from now, arbitration years are up, this guy stays healthy. And then that does happen when the contract comes in. But you're paying for a superstar. And the censorship, I get it. Like, I, I understand why it's bothering people. But you got to talk to Jack Flair to understand it. His idol's Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant was a very outspoken athlete. But he backed it up on the court, which is who Jack Flaherty is. But he also took some heat early on, too. And Kobe learned how to do it more strategically as time went on. But he did it when he was young. And he learned over time. And I think that's what you're going to get from Jack Flaherty. Right now is that young stage. I think the more more, uh, time that you're in the league, the more veteran leadership, the more different players you talk with and speak with, you learn to adjust as you become a more professional athlete in the league. Um, But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, he is a superstar pitcher. You can't find those every day. So if if it gets to the point where they say, oh, we're not going to pay $200 million for this guy, that's going to be the dumbest move. That that could ruin, in terms of the organization, a lot of fan support because of that. And I agree. Okay, listen, how many times have we said in this last two minutes, five minutes, that you don't have a guy like Jack Flaherty all the time? Right. Oh, first of all, take a break. I want to tell our people at Fantastic Sam's in Eureka. Jeff Burton's there hanging out right now. They're listening to us in there. So, hey, everybody at Fantastic (laughs) Sam's. We love that you got us dialed in. Certainly BK thinks you're the best. So, now, (laughs) moving along from that, you got to keep this guy in your organization. And you got to hope that he's reasonable. And I think that here's where the red flag goes up for me, Ferrari, on this. Is if Jack Flaherty is this outspoken to a league thing, how outspoken will he be when its own his own personal contract comes up? How determined will he be or how easy will he be to work with? You don't know, right? So this is where the dad in me, the veteran athlete is like, hey, Jack, come here. I get you, man. I get you. Let's just take it from a nine to a seven. And I think that's, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. But I think it has to hit... 
it has to hit the quote-unquote rock bottom in terms of <laughs> he's media there. attention. He's getting there. <laughs> but it's going to hit at some point, and then I think from that point, that's where you take that next step from being a superstar to being a Hall of Fame type of player on the field because you have that off-the-field aspect. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We want to hear from you guys on the Rhino Shield mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app. What do you think about this possibility? Because we have to at least admit right now that it is a possibility. I would have thought a year ago, no, Jack Flaherty's going to be a Cardinal and hopefully a Cardinal for life. Now, given the pandemic, given what his contract will potentially be, given the way that the Cardinals typically operate in these situations and the way that he's been outspoken and has specifically spoken about the owners, we got to keep that in the back of our mind as well. Who's paying the contract? It's the owner. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy that's going to receive it? It's the player. The player has spoken pretty negatively at times or at least has put a agreement upon, so a like on Twitter, towards some things that are negative towards the ownership. That's something that's all got to kind of come in and percolate to the top at some point. So want to hear from you guys. What do you think about this possibility? 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Rhino Shield mic drop features on the 101 ESPN app. We'll get to some of you coming up, but coming up next, Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, will join us on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. With former Detroit Red Wings defenseman Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. I got to find a way to make you less likable and me more likable, Jamie. <laughs> that's so that's the way we're going to do it. Well, let's go out to the Brown and Group and Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, here on Ribs and BK. Kerbs, what's going on, man? Ribs, were, were you part? Were you, were you a Worcester Ice Cat or were you a Peoria Riverman? Uh, start of my career, I was a Worcester Ice Cat um, and played two years, two seasons, almost two seasons down there for Jimmy Roberts before the both of us came up to the big team together. So was John Wideman your broadcaster there or was, was Mike Thornton with you at that point? No, the weed. We had the weed. John yeah. Wideman there. I love John yeah. Wideman. Yeah, now now the voice of the, uh, of course, longtime voice of the Chicago Blackhawks and stuff. But uh, he spent some time uh, with there uh, as well. I just had experienced something, folks. My uh, my my, uh, my daughters are playing Scrabble right now. My ten year old just looked at me and said, "Look, Dad, I could spell a swear word." And I went, "Yeah, but I'm not sure you can use it on the table." Oh, sometimes those are worth double points, though, Curbs. Well, she could have had a big score on this one, but I said, it's not worth what your mom is going to do to any of us to use it. <laughs> now, Curbs, I got to ask you a, a quick question here. Uh, anybody who's been on Twitter in the last handful of days has uh, <laughs> seen your um, your diving talents on full display. Now, I did appreciate the Thornton, or not the uh, the back to school Rodney Dangerfield to yep. where. Uh, you did the uh, drop down on your butt and do a dive. And then I saw something that was somewhat disturbing last night. Uh, <laughs> I believe they called it the silly salmon. Uh, I was uh, yeah. I yep. was taken yeah, off guard with that one, bud. You know what? Um, uh, so we're out at the pool and the, and the kids, I guess there's some guys on YouTube. You got to look it up, fellas. And it's. It's actually pretty funny. One of the couple of kids doing it at the pool it was funny, and they said, "Dad, you got to try it." I said, "All right, I'll do it." And then when I told the story, uh, some people started uh, shooting me. I was like, "You got to put that one out there too." So I went ahead and did it. And as you could see, guys, I am not. I mean, um, uh, I'm, I'm not in awful shape, but I'm not in the best of shape. But I'll tell you what, like. 
Um, people are like, I can't believe you put that out there. I'm like, there, and I said this, uh, I, I said this this morning to the guys, uh, to, to Riz and the guys. I mean, I, I'm not sure that there is anything one person on this planet, including my wife, that could say about me in a swimsuit with my shirt off that would not make me laugh or that I would take offense to. <laughs> so, I mean, so I have I have no shame in that side, and, and I look at it. If we could just make some people laugh and enjoy themselves, that's that's the whole point. Now, Curbs, listen, I uh, I watched that, and especially the silly salmon one, and I'm like, you know what? He might be sore the next day after that. And, and he, well, here's my point, okay? I was at the lake what, a couple weekends ago with my kids, and they found this, like, high-diving platform, and they're all jumping off. And, of course, they're giving the, you know, come on, Dad, come on, Dad. I'm like, ah, sure, let's do it. You know, I used to do this all the time. Heck, I was a pro athlete. I'm going to try this. And I jump off in beautiful swan dive formation. Boom, into the water. I thought it was great. Next morning, I woke up. My lower back was killing me after all this. So I didn't know if there was any IR for you after that one. No, it was pretty easy. I mean, it's a normal diving board. And uh, and as you can see, when I jumped on it, I bent it pretty good. So uh, I didn't get all that kind of height. No, not, not a whole lot of soreness on that. I get more sore with the... Uh, with the wrestling the kids still want to do in the pool or, you know, even with them getting, you know, gaining in size, they still like to jump off your shoulders and stuff. So I, I think you can get a little more soreness out of that. But, um, listen, some of those higher dives, they, they make you think a little bit, don't they? <laughs> yeah. The water was coming pretty quickly. I'm like, wow, this may have been a bad decision. <laughs> Wait, did you go, did you go in on an actual dive or did you go in like a pencil? No, I went in with the full dive. I gave the jump out, put the arms out like the swan dive. You got to act like you oh know what God. you're doing, Curbs, you know? Well, I, I applaud that. That's pretty good. That's That, that one takes some guts. <laughs> We're talking to the voice of the blues. He's Chris Curver here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Curbs, earlier today we were talking about the NBA's return, and it sounds like they're going to have some pretty special stuff in terms of what they're able to do at the Disney World resorts that they're hanging out at. Uh, one of the things that they're going to have available at all times is manicurists and pedicurists. We talked about our experience with getting petties on, on the show. Have you ever had a manicure or a pedicure? Nope. Any interest in getting a manicure or <laughs> Can a pedicure? Can we sell you on it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, Curbs, let me tell you this. Okay? Now, now, wait a minute. Now, when I say that, now, right. I don't understand. Now, when I say that, I, it doesn't, I don't care. It doesn't bother me if anybody wants to get one or not. I took you it know, as a personal like, shot, like, frankly. Like, so, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like, I, I could, I, no, that, that, that's just an aspect of like that I, I could. No, take care of my own hygiene as best I can, and you know what? No, I mean I just it just uh, I mean I, I don't know. Uh, it, I, good for them, I guess. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, curves. Here's what I was trying to tell BK with it was I had I've had one manicure and one pedicure in my lifetime. The manicure was before my wedding. My wife said you're not going to take wedding pictures of pictures with rings, and you have these ugly hands of yours, these lobster claws that are crooked and swollen and doing all this other stuff. I almost fell asleep when they're doing like the hand massage. I was like, this is great. So fast forward to the pedicure. I thought it'd be the same thing. Well, they went and shaved off like all the calluses that your feet develop in order to protect them from the hockey skates. 
And the next morning, it was like I was being stabbed in the feet repeatedly when I put my feet in my skates and tried to skate. So that's where I limited the pedicure was, yeah, it's great, maybe in the summertime, but it feels like heck in your skates afterwards. Well, I just rather sit at a bar, drink a beer, and listen to stories. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if I'm well, gonna... if that's my option, well, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, I was reading a story yesterday to talk a little bit of hockey with you um, about the top. Uh, free agent signings over the last decade and I was interested to see if there were any blues on the list and then frankly a little surprised to see that there was one and it was David Perron he came in at number six among the best free agent signings over the last decade in all hockey does that make sense to you does that sound about right in terms of the the impact that we've seen from him on this current deal and where he would rank among the best free agent signings this decade um okay okay well Hmm. Uh, in a decade, over the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over the last ten years, um, guys, I'd have to actually see the list to be all honest. Sure, and I'm, I'm, I'll look, look. I mean, Rattle. Who are the top five? So the top five on this list. I'll have to pull these up. Uh, Eric Stahl at number one. Uh, Panarin at number Minnesota? two. Yep. And I, I'm I'm less interested in your list and more interested in just to tell me a little bit about the impacts that we've seen from David Perron from your perspective over the last couple of seasons. Well, look, everybody's well aware of the story that, and it's it's fascinating that here's a guy that has played for St. Louis, then Edmonton, then Anaheim, then Pittsburgh. Uh, he's played with the top players in each of those organizations, including here in St. Louis, and then comes back to St. Louis, then goes to Las Vegas. Then comes back to St. Louis, and he's never signed a pro contract except for ones with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, he didn't want to leave. He obviously he was taken in the expansion draft. The Blues didn't want to let him go, but the Blues, knowing that they were going to already had to give up a good player, didn't want to give up a, a draft pick uh, on top of it, like some teams did, like, like what Florida did. You know, in the Marshall stuff, it was just it was is mind blowing, right? So, um, uh, I, I think. Uh, I think David Perron's body of work kind of here speaks for itself. His leadership that he showed this past year, I think the continued growth. And the interesting part, guys, I think is the fact that when you consider how David was as a rookie when he came in onto the scene, having only played one year of major junior hockey and and made the team, unexpectedly made the team that that first year as as a late first, you know, kind of what middle, final third, first round draft pick. You're, you're talking about a guy that has really grown into his own a lot as a St. Louis Blue. And, and, and he's been extremely impactful, uh, as we saw, uh, the leadership that he has shown uh, and, and the poise. And the best part is, and, and this is important, man, does that guy want to be here. Like He really wanted to be here with St. Louis. I mean, to basically have signed two separate contracts with him is really something else. And, and, and I think that that's special, too. Yeah, Curbs, in a, in a world that we have in professional sports where guys are, you know, following the dollar bills or not necessarily happy with their team or this, that, the other, to have a guy like David Perron who, you know, just openly wants to come back to St. Louis and keeps finding his way home all the time, I think that says a lot to the athlete. And to your point of the way David Perron came in the league, you know, yeah, he came in as a young, kind of great stick handling, all offense. And, yeah, he had some growing to do. And I think his departures from the Blues 
you know, helped him experience different atmospheres, different systems, different styles. And I honestly believe at this point, Curbs, that we've gotten the best version of David Perron back. And the work that he's done specifically last season and alongside Ryan O'Reilly has been spectacular. I'd, uh, I'd have to look and see what the, how they base that criteria, too, because, you know, honestly, I think a free agent signing that helps you win a Stanley Cup goes over any free agent signing that did not. Uh, that's a good so, point. You know, I, I would, you know, that, that that's where I would challenge it. I, I would think, right, you know, it's, it'd be interesting to see all the different criteria that they use there. But, you know, along those lines, look, Ryan Reeves just signed a contract, a, a two-year extension with Las Vegas, okay? And, you know, we'll see how things play out with Alex Petrangelo. But, and, and I'll relate it to David Perron in, in this sense. A lot of times when it comes to top free agents, we always say, well, you know, they're chasing the dollars, they're chasing this, it's based on this, it's based on that. I mean, you can go back even to Albert Pujols. It was clear that that was about chasing the dollars. You know, I don't I don't buy the lack of respect junk that was thrown out there, uh, you know, when, when he left. So, and, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. They've earned it. Uh, free agents have earned the right to make that decision, and nobody should begrudge it one way or another, in all honesty. Um, you know, but having said that, Sometimes, and it may not always be like the top available free agent, you know, but Ryan Reeves has a good thing going in Las Vegas. He's he's on a team that has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. He started a business with, with his uh, with his microbrewery that is finding some really good success. I mean, they've, they've got the beer in their own, uh, you know, in, in the stadium there at T-Mobile and the, the, the distribution that he has of it. And, and the bottom line is you, you look at all that, and he signs a contract for $1.75 million. Uh, each year for two years when he's coming off of a contract that, that was paying him 2.7. I think he assessed and looked at everything and said, this is where I want to be. And and I think that's that's equally as important, you know, in, in these decisions that these players make. Now, maybe in a case like a Ryan Reeves or somebody else where, you know, you're not talking the difference between 10 million and 15 million, whatever that may be, but, but you still have to factor that into the decision and, and, and I, I, it's an important part of that whole process. Certainly is, Curbs, and we appreciate you detailing that for us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We'll talk with you again next week, and uh, enjoy the show tonight behind the bench with Chris Kerber coming up at 6 o'clock. Yeah, we've got, uh, we're going to spend some time with Sean Farrell, uh, which is going to be good uh, talking the, the, the video side of the game tonight, and I think it'll be interesting for the fans out there. We will be listening. Chris Kerber, appreciate you joining us today. Okay, guys, have a great show. You bet. Behind the bench coming up with Chris Kerber at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. 65780 is Air Comfort Service Sex Line. Questions and answers is next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. That's former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kiley. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service Sex Line for questions and answers. Jamie, last night as I was going around Twitter, came across a tweet from Darren Rovell, who tweeted out, nine years ago today, the Boston Bruins were the Stanley Cup champions. Now, I don't care about that part of things, but he tweeted out the receipt from their celebration that night, and this was at the MGM Grand, and it in total was $157,000. Any ideas on how much the bill was for the Blues whenever they had their <laughs> celebration? Because I would imagine it at least at least met those uh, those numbers. Well, okay, so here, if we're going to break this down, right? Because that's what we do around here. We break things down. The Bruins 
were in Vegas, right, for that one? MGM, is that what you said? I believe so. Let yeah. me, this was in Connecticut, though. Oh, it was okay. MGM oh. Grand in Connecticut. Yeah, okay, so they're at, like, Foxwoods area, that whole thing. Casinos. Yeah. Okay, so that being said, it's not like they were in Boston, right? Close, very close. But they're looking at it. The, the place is looking at it like, all right, this is a huge paycheck for us. For me, I think the St. Louis Blues, yeah, they probably had a couple of hefty bills around town when this was all said and done. But I'm imagining our St. Louis Blues got taken care of pretty good around here. I don't think they were paying $700 for a bottle of vodka. Do you have the picture pulled up? BK? I do, yeah. What is the 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 item that was $100,000? It's towards the bottom of it. Ace Midas? Do you know what that is, Riz? I thought it must have been a bottle of wine, but like $100,000 for one. I think it's it might be a bourbon of some kind. It's I, a wine. Me, is it? Is it really? Yeah, it said yeah. it was a wine. Oh, it's a... Uh, it's champagne. 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 Oh, okay. $100,000 for one bottle of it. It's a glass, or a, it's a gold bottle. Oh, my uh, well, God. there you go. It's made out of That's gold. That's incredible. On that tab, which I'd like to point out again, since we're going to crush the Bruins and, <laughs> and pump up the Blues, what is the number one beer that they ordered on that tab? How many of them? Bud Light. There's 136 of them. That's where, awesome. Where do they make Bud Light, boys? Uh, I think right here in St. Hey, Louis. Damn right they do. I do believe. From the Lou, baby. Damn right they do. There was one guy that had a Corona and another guy that had an Amstel Light. Well, just just one. There are There's one of each on this list, which is incredible. Those guys were never re-signed. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys stayed away <laughs> from the go. team. You're out of here. Get the hell out of here. I also love that it was $744 on beer. That's it. $744 out of the $156,000 that they spent. Meanwhile, they spent $113,000 on wine or champagne. Yeah. Listen, that's just crazy. Those are crazy numbers. Those are crazy bills. Um... I've never experienced one like that in my career. There's a couple, you know, rookie parties and team get-togethers that get up to the ten to twenty thousand mark, and you know, it's it, it's exciting. That's awesome. It's, it's fun. Now, it's not fun if you're paying for it, right. you know. Like, uh, but when you win the Stanley Cup and you got a bunch of guys are getting together, I'm pretty sure that Big Zidano and, and Patrice Bergeron probably had no problem fumbling around their pockets, grabbing a few. Does hundreds. it become a contest to see how much? you can bill like how high you could get that bill oh, for sure especially you got a whole team there yeah. right so you got to imagine and it's a celebration a too. payroll at the time probably 65 million for the team in at that moment in the nhl like everybody's chipping in right and yeah it is a little bit of bragging rights and i bet you guys were like hey i want to get a picture of that or this that and they got its frame somewhere bragging rights for sure uh probably not what the average person wants to no. see quite honestly it was think, impressive you know if you're you're working hard every day you blue collar work you're making 30 to 50 right. grand you see these guys spend 150,000 just to get drunk but if you think about it if they don't buy that one forget those Bruins gold bottle of champagne you're talking $64,000 yeah. bill Oh, just that. Just that. <laughs> Which is just, you know, an yeah. annual salary yeah. for most That's American That's a minor league camps. player salary. Great question here from the text line, 65780. Text in with your questions, and hopefully we have answers. From the 573, what was the tip? Oh, let me see if it's on you. I don't think it yeah, shows. I don't think it did. Uh, maybe they didn't tip. Uh, service charges, which might be what they're kind of looking at. I'm, I'm assuming that's gratuity, was $25,000 No, for that's that. a charge they put 
and they're automatic. When they're giving you like bottle service and all sure, that yeah. is like that's part of your bill. And then you're actually expected to tip on top of that. Oh my god. So 10% <laughs> would be what? 15 grand. So you're looking at $30,000 as a tip. 30,000. Can you imagine being the server that night at oh. MGM Grand? You want to be the person working the night that there's a final oh. of a championship Guarantee in that city. They had a couple of security. They had a couple of runners. They mm-hmm. had a couple of bottle servers. So there's probably six, seven people that would have to split that up. Even still, five grand for one night? That's, That's awesome. Bad. That'll play. I'll take it. I'll, I serve, do I'll, that. Serve, I'll serve Charo yeah. Champagne for five I'll grand. I'll do that in a heartbeat. That is Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. This labor dispute for baseball is making everybody go insane. I want to hear two rants from yesterday next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. He's former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. He used to get in fights for a living. That's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We've all gone a little crazy. A little crazy over the last few months with baseball situation right now. Can you believe... How long this has been going on? Thought we were done with this. No, I am. I know. And we had a text earlier say, hey, I love you guys. You start talking baseball, I'm out. They're just done with it. And I get it. But I couldn't believe yesterday I was listening to, well, one, we were talking about on our show, and yeah, I, you said the exact date, like March 26th or something, when Rob Manfred yep. said that that great statement that he had. <laughs> but for whatever reason, it didn't really register. I mean, that happens to me sometimes. But then I was listening to Fastlane and talk about it after. Oh, so they say something and you listen. I say yeah. something and you just tune me out waiting for your next moment to Listen, talk. just don't take it personal. Okay. Guys, guys we got um, a communication issue here. But they also, it's good you know, for our they also yeah, dove into that saying, look, it's been, and then that's when it kind of hit was not necessarily the date, but it's when they stopped and paused and said, hey, it's been like three months and we've been talking about the same crap. We're, I think I saw the stat yesterday. I'll have to make sure that I'm not wrong on this. I probably am. I think it's two more weeks, and it will be the longest stoppage we've ever seen God. for Major League Baseball it's in incredible. terms of consecutive days without playing a game. So, as you can imagine, there are a lot of people that are frustrated, including the three of us here in this very room. All of us are exhausted by the subject because it's the same thing every single Day. Do regular people ask you about this? All the like, time. When you're out and you're about, and like, we have softball practice. We have other stuff. We, you know, now I'm at the rink back with the hockey camps and whatnot. Kids are being dropped off in the morning. We're taking their temperature. We're checking them in. We're, hey, here we go. This is the way you go. And the dad's like, so what do you think about baseball? Is. I heard you yesterday talking about, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. All the time. People I, love their baseball like, here I in St. Louis, it. man. Okay, I get it. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate everything about it, except for I'm so sick and tired of talking about baseball because of baseball, not because people want to talk about it. And we're not alone. What I learned yesterday by listening to some radio across the country, everybody is exhausted by this. Let's hear a couple of rants, shall we? Because one of the most prominent radio figures in the country, one of the previously biggest uh, voices in the country when it came to Sports Center, was Rich Eisen. And he knows a thing or two about negotiations now being on the NFL Network. Rich Eisen is sick and tired of baseball not being able to figure its bleep out. What, what are you doing otherwise? You do it. your Zoom, come up with a number, we Zoom. Yeah. We will resume 
conversations by dinner time. And then by tomorrow, we'll Zoom, you Zoom, we'll resume the season. <laughs> what's wrong with it? Like, what are we, what's with the posture? We've postured enough. But we know what Trevor Bauer thinks about We've the posture. We've postured yeah. enough. Time for posturing's over. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like this is Festivus. Uh, 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 we've aired the grievances of Festivus for the rest of us. Thank you. <laughs> Ten days. No. Whoever told that to Jeff Passan, I say to you, no, no, not 10 days. 10 minutes. I could set the Zoom for you on my freaking phone. He's done. <laughs> That's incredible. He's finished, and I'm right there with him. But somehow that wasn't the best rant that I heard yesterday. Now, that one, I agree with entirely. Everything he said there, I'm like, yep, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm sick of all of this, and it feels like it should have been done in 10 minutes. Agreed. Agreed, Rich Eisen. Now, somebody that I vehemently disagree with but was entertained by nonetheless is Chris Mad Dog Russo, who would very, very, very much like to hear Bryce Harper shut his mouth. <laughs> Bryce Harper, where's he? Well, Bryce Harper, he's getting paid $336 million. Gee whiz, he's not Garrett Cole. He got paid $336 million. Has he the first year for the Phillies? Did he produce? Yes or no? Chris, Mike Michael, give me the answer. Three hundred thirty-six million dollars. Did he have? Did he, did he make the All-Star team last not, year? He did not. He did not live up to the money. But we ended. Ah, there you go. Now you're cooking. Now you're cooking, Michael. And thanks for the call. Now you're cooking. And thanks for the call. If you don't live up to money and you stink, as he did, I can't listen to you tell me I'm raring to go. You know what? Have a last year. You were awful. Gee whiz. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's my spirit animal. Chris Mad Dog Russo is done hearing Bryce Harper talk. He somehow continued from that rant. That was the very beginning of the rant. I had to pull out four minutes of this thing, and now here's how he finished the rant yesterday. If Mike Trout tweets, I'll live with it. He's earned it. Rizzo tweets, he's a champion. I'll, I'll live with it. I'll earn it. I'll, I'll deal with that one. Harper's done nothing. He got paid 330 Machado, I don't want to hear from him either. There comes a responsibility when you make a fortune. Perform. <laughs> Perform. <laughs> For that kind of money, I expect. Before. And then they got Kevin Freeland, who was in the minor league this year, who stuck up the joint for the Rockies. I got to listen to him. How about one of few ball games? <laughs> That's incredible. That's Every, incredible. Everybody's lost their minds. We are all so sick and tired of the same storyline every day that all we can do is rant and rave at this point. You know who else is sick of it? Our good buddy, Donnie Fandango. Oh, God, what happened? Okay, we uh, we do a little podcast called uh -huh. Last Minute Blues Podcast. Myself, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Our last episode, we had talked about how we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Oh, it's too frustrating. And you know Donnie Fandango, okay? One of the most passionate individuals I've ever met and one of the greatest guys ever. As we're getting to the end of our episode, he's like, oh, hang on, Major League Baseball. <laughs> and if you've ever heard one of Donnie Fandango's rants, okay, his ragers, his Rage Friday, I think is what they used to have. This is epic. You have to go download the episode, and if nothing else, listen to Donnie Fandango at the end. I would play a clip on here, 
but it's probably not suitable for children okay. to listen to it. That's fair. But it's still epic. You need to go check it out. I We had our conversation about baseball in a serious sense yesterday. I can't do it anymore. No, there's no I more just, serious. I, I, all of this is just, it's ridiculous. We are, we are nearing three months of quote-unquote negotiations between these two sides. It's crazy. Like Rich Eisen said, like, guys, like the Zoom, me, Zoom, you, Zoom. That was, a, that was great, by the way. Great material from Rich Eisen. But he's right. And we said it at the start of this thing. Get two people, lock them in a room. You know, if you're willing to work for eight hours a day, because that's the, the usual 40 hours a week, eight hours a day, that's my job, then you should be doing that for this. Yeah. It shouldn't be one hour every two weeks. I know that's not what they're doing, but get in the room for eight hours straight. It's simple enough to just send the link to the other person and just say, oh. hey, let's get on the... And you don't even need everybody. Just two people to have a conversation, Manfred and Clark. Hey, look, we need to figure this out. Let's start it with this, and then we can bring other people Listen, in. you don't even have to Zoom anymore. No. Fly there, okay? Get in a big conference room. You're socially distanced. There's no risk. Sit there. Talk it out. Do we know how to text? Break for lunch. Talk it out. Break for dinner. Talk it out. It's a text message. God. Send an emoji. If we can have our conversations with one another every night, and God, I wish we could bring some of those conversations to the air, but we just can't. Yeah, that's true. But if we can have those you guys. conversations every night, <laughs> Major League Baseball could have these conversations. Yeah, you're right, Ribs. We have the immature mind. Yeah, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line from the 314. Question. Why doesn't baseball just play 82 games, get paid for 62 of them, and defer the other money for two years? We've been saying that for a month and a half. It became clear after, like, the first round of these guys going back and forth, oh, here's where they can end. This makes uh, this makes obvious sense. The baseball players want the 100% prorated. The owners don't want to give them all of that right now, but they're willing to go up to X number of dollars. Just get up to that number that is the X number of dollars for this season that you're willing to go to, your puke point, if you will, <laughs> and then defer the other money. It, 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 it's very, very simple. Have they given reasons? As to why they haven't chose that, like, is it the players or the owners that are against the deferring the payments? I don't know. They don't have reasons. But you see, this is like we should have those answers. We should. We should have those answers. Not us, because we're numbskulls. Idiots. But it should yeah. be out there that the players have said we don't want it to be deferred because of X, Y, and Z. I don't think the players know. I think they just have this mindset. Well, we deserve our money. That's that's their reasoning. And they're going to get it if you defer it. Listen, I've seen some guys in the NHL back when I don't know if they still do it, but when they before the last collective bargaining agreement, guys deferred money that made paychecks for like five, six years after they were retired. Like who cares? Look, what's his name? Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Like the there's another prime in the world example. Like if you're going to get your dollar value. What do you care if it's in six months, eight months, 12 months? Texter makes a great point. 636. I mean, th- this is why there's no reasoning behind any of this, because both sides don't want to lose. Yeah. Nobody wants to lose. It's 1216 now. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Let's play a game, because we need to bring things back down a little bit in this room. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of fun. Let's play some If Then Next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Similar to in or out. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm confused. What happened? You're confused. You're half asleep back there, Ferrari. What happened? I think we're going to play a game called If Then. Hang on. Which is kind of like... Play the intro again. Yeah, that's right. Give us the intro again. Now that you just said it. Come on, man. Are you in or are you (laughs) In my defense, the first words start with an I. And they're two oh, two letters. That's, that's a great the same defense. thing. That's a I great defense. Say, it's the same thing. <laughs> this song really gets me going. I don't know what it is about it, but it just it brings me back to my college days. Because for you just had a wedding dance going on. I there. know. I had my back you and had forth. The little, it doesn't really oh boy. fit, but. So in college, uh, when I was at Mizzou, we had the worst music in the world where everything was EDM, right? That was the big thing in, from 2011 to 2015. And so this just brings me back to those moments. You EDM? didn't experience Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I know that. I know all about that stuff. I'm hipper than you think, BK. I've seen some things in my lifetime. So I've heard. <laughs> so I've heard. So let's play a game of if then, even though it's not it's if then in or out. Yeah. We'll get whatever, an if then. We'll get an open for that one. Wants. We'll get an open for that. If a documentary is played on ESPN and nobody is there to watch it, then what happens? Does it make a sound? Because ESPN sent out the numbers yesterday. You probably haven't seen them because they didn't make a big deal out of it. They did so for a reason. Only 775,000 viewers watched Long Gone Summer on Sunday night. Now, Unmatched, which was a tennis match between two, uh, Chris Everett and, God, I don't know. Martina Navratilova. That one. Yep. That got 780,000 viewers, which is more than the Long Gone Summer. Hawaiian, the legend of Eddie Aiku, who was a Hawaiian surfer. Surfer boy. Got 775,000 viewers. This was the same as those. What happened here, boys? Okay, see, here's what I... Okay, one, I kind of understand it. Okay, I kind of understand it. You've got a population of people. If it's your baseball fans that you're targeting with this story, they're probably like, I'm not in the mood. I don't care. And maybe this is a clear indication of how everybody feels about that era of baseball. Maybe people are over it. You know, we talked to a lot of people leading up to this documentary. And a lot of them are like, ah, you know what? I don't really care anymore. I don't like it. Maybe there's a lot of people that do care. Maybe like, you know what? I saw this. I lived it. It was great. But yeah, they're reducing. I'm done with it. I don't know. I thought for sure it would have more of an impact. But those numbers, I guess we don't know this. I'm wondering if those were the numbers that started when the like right at the beginning of it or were those numbers like from the middle of it it's the average yeah. so over the course of the entire thing that's the average number of viewers so at I'd any given time how long they were watching too. i think that they missed the mark on a lot of that documentary i think they missed the mark on things it was great and i loved all the st louis high, but we're from st louis right do you think uh cincinnati ohio do you think they're tuning in because they want to see mark mcguire highlights yeah probably not they're like whatever Fair. you know so it's strange to us, but we're St. Louis. If then, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you've got an if then that you would like to get in on the show, if you go on an airline and there's no alcohol to be consumed, then are you really even actually going on a flight, Jamie? 
I don't know if you've seen this, but airlines have banned alcohol on certain planes in response to COVID-19. Now, they're doing so for a righteous reason. They have said, you know, we're not going to have any options for your drinks. It's just going to be water. That way we can limit the number of times that our flight attendants are going to be going up to individual uh, passengers. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a way that we prevent people from having to speak to one another as often as as little as possible on these planes. But if you don't have alcohol on a plane, did you really even go on a flight? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? Listen, I've consumed a few cocktails while flying the friendly skies over the years. Trust me. But I'm not always that guy. You know, there's sometimes where I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like it. I don't know if I've ever even had alcohol on a plane. Really? Yeah. Now, I haven't gone. I think the longest flight I've ever been on was for my honeymoon when we went to Hawaii. But I slept the majority oh, of the time I on that. I could fly to Memphis from here. Yeah. There's I don't think I've ever had alcohol on a plane. Now, usually when I'm flying somewhere, usually it's some kind of business-related thing, right? Like when I get off the plane, like I hit the ground running. I've got to go here, got to go there, got to rent a car, got to do this. Whatever I got to do. So I'm not really going to get plowed yeah. on the on the flight, and then then what, right? Now honeymoon, yeah, I drank quite a bit. Anytime we go out to Vegas or where I know, like I'm stepping off the plane and it's time to get after it, yeah, there'll be some drinks consumed yeah. for sure. I have to try that next time. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service tax line from the six one eight. If BK punched, uh, if, excuse me, the other way Switch around. That one. If Jamie punched BK in the nether region, he would either cry or pass out. I, wh- I guess that's why, an if and then. Yeah, why is it just BK? I think anybody gets punched by Jamie yeah. Rivers there. It's going down. Why would anybody want to see that? I don't know. Well, well I'm sure people would like to see yeah. it. Okay, I mean, they've made it pretty clear. Text <laughs> line <laughs> might like it. <laughs> yeah, text line prefers that, actually. <laughs> but, like, everybody would. I don't have a reason to punch you in the uh, nether regions right now. I'm, I'll I'm... flip that around, Texter. If Jamie Rivers punched you in the nether regions, would you cry or pass out? Or if I punched Jamie. Yeah, that no. would hurt. That would hurt. You think so? I don't know if Rivers would cry. I think he would. Re- I think he would retaliate. I'm, there would be retaliation. A hundred percent. There'd be two two punches. Me hitting you, and you hitting the ground. Great yeah, that's fun. a good one. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> Oof. You laughed on that one too while you did it, BK. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, it, it wouldn't happen that way. It, uh... I would. I would probably be in a lot of pain. But due to the fact that my father told me... I would me, totally cry. You texted back. Thanks, Texter. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, don't ever show sign of pain. Don't let the enemy know that you've been hurt. I probably would try to muscle through it and choke the heck out of you and then go cry in the corner. Have you ever been hit there, like, hard? Yeah, I've had a slap shot right in there. I was okay, about to say, I've never been, a cup, like, hit, hit. Well, no, not without a cup, but, you know, oh, you yeah. got... It doesn't always hold everything in there just oh, yeah. correctly. The cups, actually, I say, are the Every worst. Every now and then, there's some landing gear that's hanging down. And I've, I've been hit there before <laughs> without a cup, and it, it is not fun. <laughs> you get clipped there, and tell you what, the trainer is... Uh, he's he, he's sympathetic, but he's like, you're going to have to check that on your own. Stop there's a few ribs. times in football practice, whenever I was in high school, where, like, the guy goes... Goes low on you after you've caught a pass, and it's just there's there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. You're just in that moment, and it's like it, everything yeah. slows down. Now, football players don't wear cups, do they? No. I find that mm-hmm. interesting. I find that interesting. Well, Are you, hockey guys 100% basically? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a couple guys in my career that didn't wear cups, um, which they're insane for yeah. doing it. But, no, they, it's almost right across the board. I mean, there's sticks, there's pucks. There's, there's like, you fall. Like, but with football, too, like, 
if I'm tackling a guy, I'd be punching him right in the nuts right away. What happens? I oh, mean, it certainly happens. Spot. Sorry. Accidentally yeah. hitting him there. First spot. Yeah, I mean, you get to the bottom of the pile. Yeah. And it, stuff happens down there that shouldn't be spoken of ever I know. again. But that's why I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to throw a curveball on this sport. I'm going to throw a goalie jock on here. <laughs> Make sure that I'm ahead of the game. I'd like BK to elaborate on what happens at the bottom of that pile. Yeah, BK, you're the football star here. I mean, it's just, it's it's a is lot it, of... Is it mayhem? Yeah, it's not Fighting? Good. It's not good. Any fighting? fish hooking going fish, on? Oh, yeah, there's got to be fish hooking. There's a lot of stuff going on. I would on. fish hook 24 Seven. Hmm. You just don't want to be the guy found out that you did okay, the fish hooking. Okay, so let me ask you this then, okay? This has always been up for debate. You fish hook somebody, somebody fish hooks you. Do you have clearance to bite their finger? Yes. Yeah. Put your finger in my mouth and bite them down. Yeah, because I had that happen one time, okay? Uh, we are playing against Phoenix way back in the day. Brad Isbister ended up oh, landing yeah. on top of me, and I was pinned down like three guys. I was in the net. And he started to, like, fish hook me with oh, yeah. his two fingers. He's got a very punchable face. Yeah, and so I just said, oh, screw this, and I just bit down as hard as I could, and then he pulled his hand out and whatnot, and he's complained to the ref, and I, it was uh, Greg Dvorsky. Yep. Devo was there, and he's, uh, he's complaining, he bit my fingers, he bit my I go, they're in my mouth, Devo, you're <laughs> damn right I bit him. <laughs> yeah, you think he learned his lesson and never put fish hooking you again? Best thing, we became teammates, like, a year later, two years later, with the New York Islanders, and we sat right beside each other. That's incredible. And the first thing we talked about was the fish hook. Was fish hook and me biting his fingers. People have the advantage with me. If you fish hook me on the left side of the, my mouth, <laughs> nothing gonna happen. I bite down, and it's just space, baby. Yeah, food on that's gonna change though. Oh, that's gonna, gonna change. change. Chompers are coming. I wanted you to throw a couple of really big canines in there. Oh, I told him. I said, can we get some like thick ones? Yeah, yeah. I like Flesh it. rippers. Yeah. Yeah. Final thing for you guys on <laughs> if then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We talked about cannibalism. It's illegal. Yeah. Oh. Uh, in some places. Some places. Unless, true. Unless Depends. you have Less no choice. So, so <laughs> if the Nathan's hot dog eating contest happens without a live audience, is that the most miserable thing in the world? Can you guys imagine? It's just guys shoving wet hot dog buns oh. in their mouth. How do you do that? Didn't think I was going to say hot dog buns. I didn't know where you were headed with that one. But that being said, it would be horrible. I think any event is going to be unique slash not sure with no fans. I think that would be the worst. 74 hot dogs. Did he win it? Yeah. Okay, we got to get Joey back on here. Remember we had him on? I do, and I think we need to get him on because I... I don't know how you do that without fans cheering you on. I, do, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, because they go to a spot like, remember he was describing it, like there's a threshold and you got to push through the pain and you've got this like pass out feeling. I, I would imagine that with people crushing beers and yelling your name, like that would be like, okay, I'm going to do this. There's yeah. silence and it's just you and a bunch of people who sound like they might throw Six up any second. Apart. I'd be like, it, maybe I'm not really into this right like, now. That's the thing. It's like if you hear people like dunking it and like just uh, oh like that would be horrible i'd have to wear headphones if i'm joey chestnut it's already a gross proposition oh, yeah. to begin with that's true you take away the fans you take away the cheering you take away people saying yeah joey yeah get that 67th hot dog oh my god suddenly it uh it becomes a little less exciting you start to hear all the noises from oh. people <laughs> you'd be like oh my god i'm done i tap out i ask that you never do i ask that you never do that again jamie yeah, i know i'm sorry that's the one 
broadcast, we actually would need fewer mics than what we normally have. Less mics, <laughs> more visual. Now, hey, text line here uh, to our football cup thing. Uh, 636 says, trust me, the center in football wears a cup. I can confirm that's not true. I, did, I didn't times. think that was true because a quarterback would mess with the hands. You know, he gets yeah. he gets his hands down in that junk. Now, get handsy. Do you think that is it, here's a question I've always had about the quarterbacks. You know, they have the little hand warmer. I like Tom Brady's famous for the little hand warmer. Do you think that's to feel the ball or do you think it's just courtesy for his center when he throws his hand under for the snap that his hands are too cold? <laughs> Either way, I guess you're warming up balls. You're not deflating them, that's for sure. Anything else, boys? No, I think I'm good. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. David Perron, one of the best signings in hockey over the last 10 years? We'll answer it next. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. That's former Blue superstar Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Boys, I think we have some good news. And it's breaking right now. We'll go over to the BK News Desk right now. It's much like the Chris Ranji News Desk, but a little bit different. Some weak breaking news after. Did we get the minor league breaking news? <laughs> this, what this happened? Fastlane gets the major league that news was, breaking. I typed in breaking Only on middays. <laughs> that I, was Morse code. I typed in breaking news drop, and that's what came up. That's fantastic. Hold on. Let's do see we if have I anything can, else in there? Do you, you listen face? before you push play? No. no ribs, God, I dude. don't listen to anything. Come on. This is breaking news from the 101 ESPN Sports This is real. Center. Okay. Found a better All right. I can wrap my go. brain around this. Got All right. So we got some breaking news, boys. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred and Players Union Chief Tony Clark had what is being called a productive meeting. Here's the big news part. Face-to-face in Arizona. Told you. No the Zoom was called at Rob Manfred's request. Over under 30 minutes before we get our first press release that says something something to the effect of the other side is asking for something we're not willing to give. Ten minutes from now, (laughs) there was a fist fight between Rob Manfred and Tony Clark. Manfred is just on total damage control. Yeah, he is. Like, just looking like an ass on that return of sports program. Everyone else, Uh, he's like, okay, I got to fix this ASAP. But the problem with what's going on now is just that. It's like literally going into a negotiation where you know the other side's got no leverage. So Rob Manfred now calls this meeting with Tony Clark. Tony Clark's like, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. What are you going to give me, Rob? What are you going to give me? Yeah, I bet you are. They don't want to be sued. The, the league is looking at this right now, and the only reason we're seeing this right now is because the league sees that Major League Baseball players are not messing around. <laughs> they are more than happy to say, you know what, screw it, we'll just file the grievance. You tell us when to come, we'll play. But in the meantime, we're going to file that grievance, we're going to try to open those books, because that's what you wanted? Here we go. Let's go ahead and do it for real this time. So Buster Olney asks a great question about this on Twitter. He says, if the owners do surrender and relent on the concessions needed for an agreement with the players now, the first question that should be asked of him is, why wasn't this offer on the table five weeks ago? Five weeks? Because the lawsuit wasn't there three months ago, right? Like, 
And yes, of course, the, that that is the obvious question, but it is, I, I think it's as simple as we saw what the, I, I called it the puke point earlier today, right? What is the puke point of where you're, that's the edge of where you're willing to go if you're negotiating. And for the players, they, they will not break from this 100% prorated salary. It's become very clear based on the way that these negotiations have gone. For the owners... The puke point appears to be, uh-uh, we are not going to court. <laughs> not long, no no sirree. Which also, if I'm a player, would make me wonder, okay, so you've been lying the whole time about this whole thing. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you want to go to court if you're an owner? If what you, are you feel hiding? like you are correct and you're really going to be losing money and this is not a profitable business, then why wouldn't you go to court to prove it? it, it, it it's laughable at best. Unless but this is where we are. It's not true. Imagine that. It's almost like wow. Maybe it was a negotiating tactic. Maybe it was a bad one. <laughs> Part of me wonders too if, if like the owners are trying to do everything they can to protect those books. They do not well, that, want yeah, those 100%. open. That's exactly what it is. But like, if I'm the players now, now I, I want the books. Yeah, but at what cost, right? Like, so I think yeah, like at, at give some me point, the lawsuit. Here's the thing: you know, as a players' union, you've got CBA coming up. What after next season? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think at this point you go, okay, note to self: let's save this in the memory bank. Let's get yeah. this deal done. Let's get back on the field. Let's start doing this. Oh, by the way, we didn't forget that you guys yeah. were, you know, pooping your pants when we asked for the books. So yeah. basically. Yeah. We want to see the books. Let's see the books. Let's let's get them out there. That's how the CBA is going to work. It's. I don't think it'll happen, but that being said, I think this is really good if you're a player. If you're a player right now, what you did worked. You won. And it, it's, it's sad to me that it had to get to the point where one side had to win and the other side had to lose for us to actually start negotiating because we, we haven't started negotiating. If they did anything today, this was the first real negotiation of the entire time. All of this other stuff has been fake. It's been for the media. It's been press releases going back and forth. It's not a real negotiation. So if they did that today, first of all, God bless, hopefully, that we're able to actually watch baseball. At the end of the day, that's what we all want. But this is the start. And so there's still probably a few days of negotiating that has to go back and forth. The best thing that can come from this, the single best thing, is very little information. If we don't hear much over the next 24 hours, that means that this is real. If we don't hear, hey, this is what they said, this is what we said, this is what we want, this is what they want, then now they're actually at the table negotiating with one another because that's what it sounded like for the NHL. A lot of silence. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounded like for the NBA. We even asked on the year, why isn't there anything coming out from the NBA? MLS, there wasn't a whole lot of negotiation publicly. If there's not much that comes out in the media over the next 24 hours or so, that's when we know it's real. Well, we'll see, too, just, you know, how, I guess the temp, we'll be able to gauge a temperature based upon what the next couple of days look like, right? So if they continue to meet face-to-face, if they continue to have open dialogue amongst themselves, and to your point, BK, if we don't hear leaks of anything, I believe then that both sides are on the right track. But the moment we start to get a leak of something, that's because somebody in that meeting is trying to gain some kind of an advantage or make the other guy look bad. And guess what? It's going to loop back around again, push, rewind, reset, replay, and we're back where we started. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service X line from the 573. So uh, 
Are they wearing masks in these meetings? I would imagine. Well, you know what? I don't know. Given the way that these negotiations have gone thus far, I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I, I will not say anything. Is, this is, we've officially reached the Tyson zone. You could say anything about these negotiations and I will absolutely believe them. You could tell me that these negotiations actually didn't even happen. They, they never happened. This is just something that was leaked to the media, and it never happened. No, that, would like, okay. that would be funny. That would be funny. Ten minutes from now, Jeff Pass, and the information posted earlier <laughs> is false. <laughs> they actually... They haven't talked in three weeks. Yeah, they haven't <laughs> talked in three weeks. That would be how this whole thing has gone for us. Oh That's my Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kiley. I think this is good news. Hopefully we have more good news tomorrow. We'll dive into the junk drawer with some less good news next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. This is the third time I've tried to talk It so was far. the build-up. That was Alex Ferrario putting you in timeout. <laughs> BK false started three times, and that he'd be di- if this was the Olympics, you'd be disqualified right now. And what I'm saying is, Alex Ferrario, our man working behind the board, our third man in, Ferrario, he has to turn our mics on. He's got control of it over the board. I was trying to make the the dramatic build up, and then boom, that was great. Next time, give him a heads up. I'll communicate on better on that. Guys. He, he almost blew out his vocal cords twice. And then the death glare that I got from BK on that that second time was like, dude, turn the effing mic on. Okay, I get it. I'll communicate that. I'm with you. Turn it off again. Never mind. That's not nice. I'll turn uh, mine off. <laughs> so when I was when I was trying to say the first seven times that I attempted to speak into the microphone, <laughs> not all heroes wear capes, but some of them wear a shell. Have you guys heard of Diego, the giant tortoise that has been credited with saving his species? Oh, Any yes, awareness of this I guy? have. This well, guy is a star. He is certainly something special. This giant tortoise is over 100 years old, and he has produced around 800 offspring. <laughs> this singular what is he, Will tortoise... Oh, is he Philip Rivers? He's more impressive. He not only did it, he impregnated all of the tortoises. Wow. The species was on the verge of extinction. There were two males and 12 females on this island when he arrived. He was able to boost that population to over 2,000 just by his because of they credit his libido as the major reason for the survival of his fellow giant tortoises on this island. And now he hibernates for 500 years. And now he has been put into retirement. That's it? You don't just cut him off. (laughs) You don't just cut off a legend like that. He's 100 years old. (laughs) Apparently he's still kicking. Do they bronze? I don't make know. Sure? To me, you let that guy roam wild and be like, you know, whatever he wants at that point. Let's keep building the population. We, uh, there's been a lot of talk about statues recently here in America. This man deserves a statue. Not one does. statue everywhere. He deserves a statue everywhere where there are tortoises. He needs a star on the uh, adult video news walk of fame. This guy is a star. Decades of service in this breeding program. Decades. That's impressive. Single-handedly saving his species. 
What a superstar. <laughs> Text line, jumping in right now. You guys are, are 69306 great. is the Air Comfort Service text line. I, um, or excuse me, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. I was wondering how long it was going to take me us. to do that. I, uh, that's my Kansas oh. City text line that I gave out for over a year. That's all right. My first day on Blues, I, I said uh, the other call letters at the radio station I worked at. So, so <laughs> Jamie's been trying to get this out for I'm a just going to keep powering through this. Um, you want me to turn your mic off? No, oh, no not right now. <laughs> Maybe later. Maybe after I say this. Yeah. 314 um, says that, uh, that possibly the tortoise, he might be a plumber because um, he's laying all sorts of pipe to save his species. Well played, text line. This turtle's the best. Well played. He is the best. This turtle he is, is the, the best. best. Speaking of uh, big superstars... Randy Johnson. Do you remember him? I never said he was. I was going to say, no, but he said he was big. Well, we're well, yes, I do know enough. Randy. I, I, yes. I've okay, heard of the unit. big unit. Right? Exactly. So speaking of units, okay, we'll talk about big unit. Randy Johnson. Oh, that's a better one. Hold on. I need to give okay. you a take two. <laughs> speaking of big units, let's talk about Randy Johnson for a second. Okay? Yeah. Not exactly him, but we're going to talk about somebody else. The Chicago Cubs have drafted a player, okay? Young man by the name of, if I can find it here, his name's Jeremy, okay? I'll find his last name in a second. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually. The funny thing is Jamie is fully prepared for this segment. I just can't find the damn name. Actually, give me another rewind here. Speaking of the big unit, we've all heard of Randy Johnson, right? Well, the Chicago Cubs have claimed their own Randy Johnson. Meet Luke Little. He's six foot eight, left-handed pitcher that the Cubs drafted over the course of the draft. Doesn't Guess sound what? so little. <laughs> He throws no. it 105. No. no. He throws it 105 miles per hour. So 6'8". How far is the mound from the plate? 60 feet? Yeah, 60 feet, 6 inches. 60 feet, 6 inches. So 6'8", taking a big step towards home plate, left-handed, 105 miles per hour. What do you think your reaction time would have to be on that? Oh, it would be impossible. Game over. Yeah, right? I, like, think over. about it. You'd have to time it perfect. So if if our buddy here, Luke Little, has any kind of a change-up or a curveball, he's going to absolutely own batters. Or, you know, command. That's going to be relatively well, yeah. important. Well, maybe if he doesn't, he might still own them. He starts buzzing the tower up by the eyeballs. True. Guys are going to be a little more uh, tippy-toe in that batter's box. This guy went in the fourth round. I don't understand. I don't know. G- given his size and the obvious velocity with which he throws the baseball, this guy sounds like a first-round pick. He must not know how to locate at all. Yeah. Oh, he must be all over the place. Well, he's 19, right? 19-year-old. He's pummeling a catcher's mitt. I bet. From the top of the mound. Is he high school? You're asking me way too much here. No, yeah, he was Alex, a college pitcher. Was he? Jesus. he was a college pitcher. You do that on purpose so, to me. Sorry to dig a little deeper. I don't want, I don't want to dig deeper. You don't want to dig deeper in no. a little? All I know is this guy's throwing absolute rockets from the mound. Just like the unit. And he's six foot eight. How tall was Randy Johnson? Six eight, six seven. Is he six yeah. eight? Yeah. God, that's got to be Randy Johnson had the goatee or the... Uh, Whatchamacallit. <laughs> little mustache. Yeah, well, what is it called? Handlebar mustache. Randy Johnson used to remind me of Splinter. 
oh, from yeah. the Ninja Turtles. Yep. I think Randy Johnson, if I'm not mistaken now, is just like a, um, he, he's he's a photographer? Yes, he is. He, he does just, like crazy pictures. Like, he just goes out and takes pictures, and they're like incredible. He sells them. He was so chill, too. Like he was like a monster on the mound, but he was so chill, like in his medias. Yeah, remember his great media uh-huh. when he went to the Yankees? That was positive. That first day, he really set the tone that day. Also, remember when he <laughs> murdered that pigeon? Oh I'll never God. forget that. that yeah, he's got a website. And it's basically just him going to concerts and taking badass pictures. He's got like a Soundgarden concert that he went to. He just took a bunch of awesome pictures. He does That's... scenery stuff, too. I've seen some of that. The 720 makes a good point. That turtle that we talked about had a Randy Johnson. He did. Well, we said, hence the nickname, the big, big, unit. big unit. So, speaking of the big unit, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, she was on... Uh, it'll make sense gonna, here just I'll to say. say. Okay. Okay. I like it. Don't worry. I'll, I'll bring it around. She was on The Tonight Show yesterday with Jimmy Fallon, and she's been really getting into candles. And she came up with a new scent for one of her candles. She introduced this again. This was on The Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. 10.5-ounce candle for $75, available on her new website, Goop, where you buy her candles. This one is inspired by Paltrow's own body odor. It is called, and I am quoting, this is a news story, this smells like my orgasm. From Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, I don't even know where to go with this, okay? There are so many things. One, her website's called Goop, okay? Mm. Let's make sure. Is that a .com? Yeah, you can't Google the word Goop. You don't want, like, I, you better be very careful like with that. Googling BBC. You don't do that. <laughs> That's a good point. And then... What? It's shop.goop.com. Okay. Okay, that's a little bit that's better. That's still a little misleading. Now, however, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I don't think they sell that, but maybe they do. Maybe hey, they listen, do. she's selling the scent of her that's orgasm. That's true. You, you could sell anything on the internet. I didn't even know it had a scent. Although, if it's Gwyneth Paltrow's, I guess I'm all in. According to the website, it is a blend of tart, tart grapefruit, neroli, and ripe cassis. C-A-S-S-I-S berries for it. blended with gunpowder tea and Turkish robe. That rose. smells disgusting. A scent that is sexy, okay. surprising, and... Okay, here's here's what we got to do. And you know where... Uh, you guys know where I'm headed. We're I, getting online after the show. We're I'm, ordering an orgasm candle from Gwyneth Paltrow. Between the three of us, we'll put it right here. We're going to light it in here, and we're going to describe what we smell. How, well, do you, how do you open if you're Gwyneth Paltrow? Like, they're $75, though. Yeah, that's, that's a lot for okay, a freaking Okay, so we'll candle. have to expense it. <laughs> Tommy Mattern, we're going to be expensing uh, the purchase of a... Right, we're going to need 50 bucks. We'll, we'll pay for the other 25. Yeah, we'll fine. float the other how, 25. How do you open it for it? Don't worry, Tommy. How, it's an IOU. How do you open it if you're going with Paltrow? Hey, hang on a minute. Let me light my... Uh, smells like my orgasm candle. Do you think that that... Now, okay, so here's the thing, right? You light that candle and you smell it, and this goes one or two ways at that point. You're either like, oh my God, this... I couldn't even imagine being in bed with Gwyneth Paltrow if this is what it smells like. Or, or, wow. 
Gwyneth Paltrow is going to be getting a lot of Randy Johnson. She's going to be getting a lot of followers. Right, we're off the rails. We're off the rails. We need a professional in here. Well, that ain't happening. <laughs> Let's get Danny back back on the show. Wait, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> this just in from Tommy Matter. <laughs> <laughs> says, uh, yeah, it's not in the budget. <laughs> well, it should be, Tommy. Coming into your office, Tommy. It's called Research and Development. I will add it to the bag right now. I'm on the website <laughs> checking out. I'm sure that uh, that company card is going to be coming down the hallway here in just a moment. <laughs> we'll get one for you, Tommy. <laughs> Dan McLaughlin's going to join us next on Ribs and BK. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. He's former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. He scored two goals in 15 games in his rookie season. I'm Brandon <laughs> Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, where we are happy to be joined by Dan McLaughlin. You can hear him weekdays from 10 to 11 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN on his show, Scoops with Danny Mack. Danny Mack, how you doing today, man? I am doing well. How about you guys? We are doing well. I don't know what we've accomplished today, but we've had a good time doing it. Uh, it seems like baseball might be accomplishing something, though, because it was reported by John Heyman a little bit ago. Commissioner Rob Manfred and Players Union Chief Tony Clark had what is being called a productive meeting face-to-face in Arizona. It has since been reported that Manfred flew down there yesterday. They met last night and again today. It's hard for me not to view this as anything but positive. How do you see it, Dan? Well, it's news when you have two guys that meet in person. It's unfortunate it's taken this long for them to meet in person. Obviously, uh, you know, for the the circumstances that we're all living in, um, you couldn't do that for months and weeks. But um, it's what I think everybody expected, that they had to get in person and try to to hammer out an agreement. So I, I do look at it as being positive news. I've tried to stay positive through all this. I've said from day one, I think we're going to have baseball we've all had ups and downs in hearing the news about this but i do believe everybody understands the importance of of playing baseball and why it is so important and not to have the sport go dark for 17 or 18 months no matter what it looks like whether or not there's fans in the stands and it does seem like there could be at some point later in the summer or even early in the fall that we might be able to have you know some type of semblance of fans in the stands so uh, it, it's it's good news on that front that there's some type of positive news coming out of Major League Baseball because everything we've heard over the last, uh, I'd say, five to six weeks has just been negative. So that's good news on uh, on the baseball front. Danny Mack, how positive do you think it is that uh, they met last night, Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, they met again early this morning, And now we're just hearing about it because along the way here, we've had leaks left and right and center and people are turning down offers before they're actually really submitted. But the fact that they were able to get two face to face meetings kind of on the down low before anybody talked about it. How positive is that? I think it's huge because I was on Twitter last night and I was shocked. I did not see, and I went to probably seven or eight different writers on Twitter that normally have some type of update, good, bad, indifferent, and had zero news to report. And I actually did thank Jamie at that time, this is good, because I didn't see anything. Um, And normally I at least see something every 24 hours, 
something on the sport of baseball from those writers. And to me, when it goes quiet, that's usually good news. And and that usually is good news in any sport when a CBA is being negotiated. If you don't see anything, that usually tells me that there's a negotiation going on. And that, that's been the frustrating part with this, as opposed to, as we talked about uh, yesterday in the crossover, when you think about baseball in 1994, you waited until 5 o'clock Sports Center, and that's when something would pop up, and you'd have your update on baseball negotiations. And the baseball insider would be there, or the anchor would give you the report, and you moved on, and that was the news of the day in baseball. And now with social media, with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and the various platforms that guys can get the word out, whether it be a player, an agent, somebody from Major League Baseball, it gets out very quickly. And that's a major difference. And I also think a major difference is with nothing going on, and I mean zero going on in the world of sports, now it's starting to pick up a little bit, but no games being played. Um, When something happens on the CBA front, it's news. And it hits, and it is something that everybody in the sports world talks about. So when you have these things happen, they get out quickly, and they get dissected, and they get talked about, and they're front-page news. So when you don't hear anything happen uh, where it's the front-page news, and, and they're having a negotiation last night and again, uh, today, that that's good news. And I, I said yesterday with Randy Michelle, I felt something could happen in 24 and 48 hours, and I would love to see something happen later today. I mean, my goodness, if that happened, wow, that would be that would be massive for the sport. I don't know if it will, but man, it would, it would, it would just be great news. Cardinals broadcaster Dan McLaughlin joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Dan, Bob Nightingale mentions on Twitter, if the two sides could somehow reach an agreement by this weekend, the season could start as early as July 20th, and that leaves about 70 days on the calendar if the regular season will end on September 27th, as MLB has suggested all along. That's kind of their cutoff day. How many games do you think you could play? If you got 70 days to do it, how many games could you realistically see in that time? It's a great question. I would think you'd have to have maybe three or four off days for teams, but I know the players would be willing to cram a bunch of double headers in there. Uh, I think the, the interesting part of these negotiations would be uh, deferments and if the owners would be willing to have deferments with this and if at all if the uh, players would come off the full pro rata on the um, on the salaries and if they don't um, then you're you're looking at a lesser amount of games but if they have the full pro rata um, would owners say okay we'll do 62 games and go to 70 with a bunch of double headers and let's say we defer 10 I mean you, you, you could get really creative with this thing so you know, I, I mean, in the neighborhood of 62 games, I think that's realistic. Danny, we're seeing the NBA. Uh, their plan is coming to fruition down in Disney, and they've got everything kind of mapped out and laid out. The plan for the NHL is picking up speed to where they're going to have probably two hub cities uh, here in Vegas and probably Toronto now that the Canadian government has said that they'd be willing to work with the NHL on that. What do you think of baseball's plan to still stay in all of their cities? Is there what reason do you think there is that they're sticking to this when all the other major sports are deferring to this bubble strategy? Because the players wanted it. Um, when it was talked about initially, Major League Baseball did look at bubble hubs or cities 
but the players did not want it. That's my understanding. So they did look at Arizona, Texas, Florida, and that was kind of nixed by the players. And I also think if you looked at Arizona, it would have been tough to do because you, you do have a quote-unquote dome stadium with where the Diamondbacks play, but you would have been in some open-air situations, but those only would have been night games because of the heat in Arizona, and you would have had some of those teams that are eastern city teams, if you will, eastern time zone teams like Cincinnati or Cleveland that have uh, spring training out there, so their games would have been starting late, and TV is going to be a big part of this, so you're getting really late times to start their games. That would have been a problem, but that that really was a big part of this. Um, the other thing, too, Rivs, is that when you look at the NBA and the NHL, as they start their second round of going to you know begin their games, they're in postseason play. So as you start eliminating teams, that bubble gets uh, you know with fewer players and personnel, and uh, it, it shrinks. And and that's not going to be the case with Major League Baseball as they uh, will try to get this thing in with a regular season. So those are just some of the things that they have to deal with. How much harder do you think that's going to be for baseball? I mean, we look at the... Really tough. Yeah, like you look at the protocols that are going into place, and this is like keeping players under one umbrella, so to say, and now baseball has got, you know, guys are all over the country. They're going to be traveling. They're going to have interaction with everyday people, and not that that's a bad thing, but yeah, during a pandemic, it's not the greatest situation. Well, I've thought about it. I mean, (laughs) I just... I'll I'll throw you a scenario. I mean, what if you have player X that comes to the ballpark and... And this is just an example off the top of my head. And it's a Sunday and it's a getaway day and you, you have to travel. And so the player shows up and he says, hey, I'm not feeling too well. And you take uh, temperature and he's got a fever. And you say, uh-oh, I'll go back to the ball or go back to the, the team hotel. But yet you have to travel to another city. Well, how does he get to that hotel? Are you going to expose the Uber driver to that and then the hotel people to that? And, I mean, that's not really being responsible, I wouldn't think. And then how does he rejoin the team? Or is he supposed to go stay at a quarantine place that's been designated in that city? What is he supposed to do? I don't know. I'm assuming they have protocols for that. I I don't know. I haven't seen that. But those are just some of the things that come to mind that you have to think about. Um, if he's been sick, you know, if he's if he's sick on that Sunday, then you got to start backtracking. Well, who's he out to dinner with the night before, or where's he been? What teammates was he with? I mean, those are some of the things they got to think about. Um, and that's what I think you're the road you're going down. I mean, those are a lot of the the, the various uh, variables that are part of this. Instead of being in a a hub um, that you are living the normal quote unquote normal life. Um, now they're trying to take all those variables out, but let's face it, this is normal life where you're you're traveling and you're in those Ubers or potentially the bus rides and things of that nature. But you're going to be exposed to people outside of your team and the traveling party that that will be exposed. So 
Uh, and I think you'd be naive to think that players aren't going to be, you know, come down with the virus. Uh, we're seeing it in all walks of life and business and families and friends and that kind of thing. So it's just how you deal with the virus. Uh, it, it's going to be, again, I, I said it's from day one. I think it's going to be very tough to deal with this, but um, they, they've done their research and think they can pull it off. And I'd love to see them at least give it a try. And I think most people would applaud them for at least trying. Final question. We got about a minute here, Dan. I, I wanted to ask you because let's let's go down the hypothetical hypothetical path of there is going to be baseball again. What's the number one thing you're looking forward to seeing from the Cardinals this season? On the field? Yeah, on the field. In terms of like the actual baseball that hopefully we're able to watch, what's the number one thing you're excited to be able to watch this season that we haven't been able to see thus far? Uh, I, there's a couple things. I would say Paul DeYoung um, had a fabulous spring, and he's such a smart player. And I think his work and his mental um, adjustments game to game at bat to bat would I, benefit him. I, I just think he's a fabulous player. I, I think he could be a really good player and just gets better and better day by day, not not year by year, but day by day. And then the obvious one would be um, Dylan Carlson if he plays. I think Carlson would be just so much fun to watch, and I'll be just so intrigued how so many teams handle their young stars depending on the length of the season and how they approach whether or not it's a viable season to go for a championship, how the Cardinals would view a short season, and if that means they want to give a Dylan Carlson a chance to play. But those would be the two players I'd really be interested in watching. But we know we're going to see a Paul DeYoung if they play, and that would be the player I'd really be intrigued to watch. Dan, I hope we're able to do it. Hopefully baseball gets its acts together, and by the end of the week we're able to talk about an agreement that ultimately puts them back on the field. We look forward to seeing you and talking to you each and every week right here on 101 ESPN. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Dan, thanks for the time. Always great to be with you guys. Thanks. Absolutely. That's Dan McLaughlin joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. It's 118, your time check, brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. You okay over there, bud? Yeah, I just put my phone down over here and it blew the cap out of there and (laughs) flew at me. Jamie has issues with uh, strange noises that will randomly come over the mic suddenly. Don't start. Ferrario dropped his mic or his his marker earlier all over the soundboard. You dropped your water the other day. It wasn't addressed because I nobody heard it. Oh, that's right. I tripped over a trash can, which that you can't deny. No, you almost ended up with carpet burn on your but, forehead from that one. But my volume on my cell phone's always off. I didn't have my mm. phone on. I put my phone mm. here and it blew the cap out. Enough out of you guys. Ooh, he got you on that one. He did get you on that one. But did he? He did. Okay. Well, let's take it to the judges to find out. Judges? <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't know that it was that good. He's Jamie Rivers. That's Alex Ferraro. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Sounds like baseball might be coming back soon. If it does, there's one thing that's going to come to the forefront, and it's already there for basketball and hockey. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. tested every day as will the sporting personnel uh, and if there's one positive test again this will be under the strict guidance of the medical people uh, that person will be isolated and will be monitoring anybody 
through contact tracing that was in close proximity. Obviously, for any sport, if you have a major outbreak, it's going to change everything. But we're being told that an isolated case or a couple of isolated cases shouldn't interfere with the plans uh, and we should be able to move forward. That's former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. He once played more than a 1,000 minutes in a season. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Testing policies are taking center stage right now. And the protocols in general are taking center stage. Yesterday, the NBA announced some that are maybe a little over the top and others that make a lot of sense. They said players must avoid spitting clearing their nose, wiping the ball with their jersey, licking their hands, unnecessarily touching their mouth guard, all stuff to hopefully avoid spreading the virus. Licking your teammates' hands. Yeah, you're also not supposed to do that. Wait, what? Not on the list, but it should be added. Each team that advances past the first round of the playoffs will be permitted to reserve one guest room per player that is currently on the roster. So eventually... Ooh, incentives. That's right. Can they do that? Can you have incentive-based contracts like this in the NBA? Well, I mean, you either go home yeah. to your family or you advance and get to bring your family no, to No, no, no. You get one person. One guest room. Oh. One guest room. I thought it was one, one guest, guest room. I was like, that this is hilarious. Been... Every win you get to add a guest. <laughs> that would have been even better, though, because who do you bring first, right? Like, you got to bring either the wife or girlfriend first. Don't bring them both at the same time. Yeah. Definitely don't do that. Start with the wife, so then you can, she can go home and then bring the girlfriend <laughs> after. But, like, your mom's going to be pissed, right? Like, you know that phone call is not going to go over well. Hey, Ma. What about Dad? Dad will be less, I would imagine. My dad would be pissed. My dad would be pissed, If there's too. a free golf, right, golf I'm course. in the Stanley Cup playoffs or the finals. and yeah, my dad know, would be pissed. My dad would be like, really? My mom or, wouldn't care. My dad would be pissed. So then let's say you go with your dad, right? Yeah. Now what's the conversation with the wife sound like? With that my ain't going to go over well. well my, my, yeah, no, well, that ain't going over well. Well, my girlfriend's got a better relationship with my dad than you, honey, so you stay home and the girlfriend will meet us here. Wow. Is that how that goes? Wow, Ferrario. No. Going into uncharted territory. Yeah, I don't feel that's like uncharted? that's going to go over well. I don't know. Okay. I don't feel like that ends well. So, uh, <laughs> NBA health protocols concede that maintaining six feet of social, social distance during card games, quote, may not be practical and require anyone playing cards indoors to wear a mask. They also are not allowed to play doubles in ping pong because then you have to be too close to one another. <laughs> so, listen, some of this is just silly. Okay, but yeah, like, wait a minute here. You can't play doubles ping pong, okay? It's as crazy as it sounds. But you can battle down low in the paint? You can have two guys battling under the rim for a rebound, but you can't play ping pong next to them. We've got some breaking news. Some real breaking news. And we're going to have a bed for it here in just a moment. Is breaking news from the 101 ESPN Sports Center. <laughs> so 80s. MLB players. <laughs> <laughs> this is real breaking news, like actual breaking news. Like our audience is really going to want to hear this. All right. Listen up in your car. If you need to go off, veer off to the side, go ahead and do so. Do you want me to hit another breaking news, Ben? Let's go one more. Okay, hold on. We're going to have it. 101 ESPN. Breaking news alert. MLB and Players Union are closing in on an agreement to play the 2020 season, according to John Heyman. Deal is expected to be for prorated pay 
and it will include an expanded postseason. We did it. Now, it took three months to get oh it here. Oh, God. But we finally did it. Major League players and the um, owners, it appears, according to John Heyman, are closing in on a deal that will allow us to watch a 2020 baseball season. We don't have the details, but at least we now know. I can say with near 100% certainty, because I'm not going the Rob Manfred route here of saying with 100% certainty, that we're going to watch baseball. This is awesome. It doesn't take away, though, everything that we've seen over the last 10 weeks. Baseball does not get to eliminate the nonsense that they put together for the last 10 weeks by coming to an agreement now. But I understand for a lot of you, if you are sitting in your car right now or you're at work and you're listening to us and you say to yourself, I don't care. I just want to watch baseball now. And at least now we get to watch Jack Flaherty. We will get to watch the Cardinals. We get to Jack find Flaherty out. Jack Flaherty stops tweeting. Also a nice added bonus to all of this. Might get his contract now. I'm excited about it. What do you think, Jamie? Well, I'm anxious to see what the final agreement really is. And if the final agreement is something that could have been hashed out month ago, month and a half ago, then I think everybody's still going to be a little bit ticked off. If you end up right back to where you could have been the whole time, that feels frustrating to me. Now, the positive part of it is, yeah, we'll have baseball back. We'll get some real live sports coming back to you. St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Flaherty, like you said, get a chance. And let's be honest, I feel like in a shortened season, a modified season, the Cardinals have as good a chance as anybody at winning a championship. So, yes, positives. If it's a deal that could have been had a long time ago, why did we go through all of this crap? And it almost certainly will be. I don't know how it could possibly uh, possibly not well, be, Well, I'm right? expecting something amazing, BK. Something they never talked about before so that I can go, you know what? Now I get it. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. We've got the Rhino Shield mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app. The report, if you missed it, from John Heyman is that Major League Baseball and the Players Association appear to be closing in on a deal that will allow for a baseball season with expanded playoffs this year. This comes just a little bit, probably 30 minutes after we saw the initial report that Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, for the first time since March, were eating it, eating, meeting in person. They met last night in Arizona. They continued again today. And it sounds like they were finally able to get a deal out of meeting in person together. Something positive from everything you just said is every time we've had these updates, five, ten minutes later, we get a negative update. This is not. They met last night, met this morning, positive update right after this. So you're saying there's a chance. We also typically... When they meet or when they negotiate anything, even if there's nothing that actually comes out of it, we we hear something negative. And Dan McLaughlin, who just joined us a little bit ago, said basically, listen, when I went on Twitter last night and I saw that there was no news about anything relating to Major League Baseball negotiations, that's when he felt like there was something positive potentially happening behind the scenes. And it, we felt that this morning. I, I said earlier, if we don't hear anything over the next 24 hours, that's good news. Now, I wasn't anticipating that they were going to be able to come to an agreement in the next 
two hours after I had said that, but that's exactly what appears is going to take place. Now, the question is, how many games will they end up playing? Will it be the 48 prorated? Will it be 60? Will it be closer to 70? How many are they going to be able to get in? Yeah. How quickly are they going to be able to get onto the field? Are we going to see a month from now, so mid-July, the baseball games start to happen? Are we going to see these guys right now immediately report back to their home home cities? And the thing that we were going to talk about here was the protocols. And those are now going to take center stage. Baseball does not have that approved. This is the return to play plan, the same thing that hockey has had now for six weeks. They've had their return to play plan for a long time. They have not yet come to all of the agreements that they need, and they're still getting ready to come back for training camps. So there's still more hurdles here. I don't want to make it sound like baseball is immediately back because of this agreement, but at least they have agreed to something. It's a starting point. Now, instead of bickering about everything, they've got something that they can agree upon. Yeah, I'm anxious to see here. I'm hoping that Major League Baseball has actually cleared some of the hurdles behind closed doors, has actually had contact with the state governments, the local governments, and they actually have a plan that maybe it's a rough draft at this point. Because quite honestly, from what we know, we got nothing. We've got nothing in place. They really haven't spent any time on it. And that's just maybe the public's perception of what's going on. That's why I say maybe they've been working on this stuff behind closed doors, um, and and hopefully they have. But, yeah, that would delay some of these things. More breaking news. Breaking bad news. From Evan Drellich of The Athletic. Good God. You're toying with my emotions. Major League Baseball sent a new proposal for the 2020 season to the Major League Baseball Players Association a short while ago. Source says no deal is close yet between MLB and MLBPA because the proposal was just sent by MLB. No agreement even in principle at this point. Yeah, Joel Sherman said the same thing. New proposal sent to the union. No deal yet. Same thing from Jeff Passan. No deal yet. Well, wait to get Wait, but when was it sent? Apparently today. Considering where the parties were. Okay, so they sent a new proposal. I mean, I didn't get the impression that this was a done deal. Did you? Uh, it, it said that they had an agreement. No, it they, didn't. They were close to an agreement. Okay, they maybe agreed in principle on a couple things. I thought for sure there'd be more details in it. Well, don't be so negative. Well, but the don't, way John, don't do that. John Heyman worded it burst my bubble, BK. John Heyman, in BK's defense, I mean, he did say that they're closing in on an agreement. That sounds a lot better than, you know, oh, well, the thing was sent to the players. There's no deal yet. Well, maybe John Heyman worded it wrong. He did. He got our hopes up. He did. Well, he got BK all excited. That's rude of him to do that. I can't take back the breaking news sounder, guys, so it happened. It's fine. We're good. I'm still positive about this. They haven't accepted it yet, but hey, maybe some of the guys are on the golf course. They haven't had their input yet. BK's not excited. Baseball couldn't even allow us 10 minutes. (laughs) It's been that way the whole time. It's been a 10-minute segment. They gave us about seven minutes of happiness. They couldn't even give us 10 minutes of positive. 10 minutes. Well, our text line, 314, uh, breaking news. MLB agrees that an agreement will be made at some point in the near future. (laughs) Thank you. MLB's got more drama than days of our lives, 100%. Seriously. Oh, well, hey. 
guys. I think that uh, the no news was good news, and now we don't have bad news following that up. So it feels bad because we like came from such a we're high in the rings. Yeah, I to know. where we are now, but where we are now is still better than where we were two hours ago. Yeah. So hey. it it's optimism and pessimism are both free, guys. You just got to make a selection of which one you want to buy. Oh Glasses still half full. Did I just hear that? Come on, Ribs. I'm trying to put some positivity into your life. I'm fine with it. BK is the one here that's bringing us down. I think it's good. I think it's positive steps. I mean, if the, that tweet would have been Major League Baseball Players Union clearly not going to accept this latest deal, that would be bad. That didn't happen, Brandon. <laughs> I'm officially the angry emotion from inside out with his head on fire. That's BK right now. I can see the flames. There's one silver lining to all of this, and we'll tell you what that is next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. That's Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK. You guys know the video? That came out, I think it was a couple years ago now, of the kid that's talking to the reporter. And the kid starts out laughing and, like, smiling. And then suddenly he, like, goes into a cry. And it's just like a, it's like a very sad, like, (laughs) cry. That was me in the last segment. I want to apologize (laughs) to our audience for what happened there. I was very excited about the fact that it, it suddenly felt like we were going to be able to watch baseball, and then all of my hopes and dreams were crushed three minutes later. So I went from such a high to like, oh my God, really? Again? And like three minutes? So I apologize to you, the listeners. That being said, um, as Alex said so eloquently, optimism and pessimism cost the same. So I'll give you a little bit of optimism here. If you want to look at the bright side of things, we don't know what's in this agreement yet. That's a departure from previous negotiating tactics from either side. When there was a proposal sent from one side to the other previously, we knew immediately what was in it and why the other side was going to be shooting it down within the next five minutes. On this one, it is different. We don't know what's in it, really. We know that it is a return to play plan. We know that there would not be a grievance that would be allowed to be filed by the players union. And that's pretty much it. So the fact that we don't know anything more about it is something that if you want to look for the silver lining in something, I think that is probably it for you in this right now. Yeah, look it. I don't think it was. I know you (laughs) you got a little rattled last segment and I appreciate your honesty coming back into this one. But I honestly viewed it as positive and People can say what they want uh, as far as how angry they are and this and that and the other. But this is definitely something different that we haven't heard yet. It's just the same subject. Don't get me wrong. But at least it's talking about how there's meetings that nobody heard about. Nothing leaked. And now the only thing that's been leaked is that there's a new proposal on the table and that the players are going going over it. To me, that's that's a win right now. It's a start. It is it is absolutely a start. I just thought it was a finish. Like I thought, instead of 
being at the the starting line for the race, we were now like getting ready to push our chest forward to break the plane. Right? I thought I thought we were we were winning. We had, we had finished this race, and uh, we weren't. Six five seven eight zero is the air comfort service text line from the six one eight. At least you didn't say it was one hundred percent done, BK, because then I would have had to roast you worse than we roasted Rob Manfred. Fair point. I didn't pull a Rob Manfred in the last segment. I said I will not do that because I watched what happened to but him. But you got pretty excited. If, if people could see your body language, yeah. you 100% committed to feeling a certain way. Yeah, you jumped up, hands went down on oh, the countertop, yeah. and you were into it. I was talking about something, and he literally was mm. like, shut up. I want to yeah. talk about this. Just done. I'm like, okay, all right, there you go. He actually told me to cut your mic ribs, but I respect you too much to do that. I appreciate that. I miss baseball so much right now. I do, man. Are you a big get, baseball fan? I am, yeah. I, I'm a pretty big baseball fan. I I like, like having hardcore, baseball. Like into the stats and into all that? Or you, you just know like me, casual? I'm a nerd. So, yeah, like okay. I, I'm into all of that well, stupid BK, stuff. Well, BK, you know, we're still matter. in the honeymoon phase, you and I, okay? I'm just trying to get to know you, man. That's all. So... <laughs> I miss being able to have it on in the background and being able to watch the Cardinals and go through what is the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and the peaks and the valleys of a season. I miss it so much. They've provided that for you already. Yeah, that's true. You How many just, ups and downs have we gone through in the last three months? Just lived <laughs> the first three months of a regular season. I want to know who's going to be this year's version of Marcelo Zuna. Who's going to be the guy that jumps up? Thinks that they're going to catch the fly ball and it drops right in front of them. Rob it's one of the greatest plays I've ever watched live in my life. Up on the wall. Oh boy, misjudge it. I'm going to do a chin plant <laughs> on the field. That was me last segment. That was me in the last segment. I was Marcel Ozuna. <laughs> that, that's the pick you got to use for the podcast today. Hmm. Ozuna on his face. BK falls flat. Maybe I just maybe throw a, I just did all the work for you. Maybe throw a soap dish in there too if you want. Okay. Oh, ooh, whoa, whoa. Okay. Maybe a candle. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> Let's cross things over with the fast lane next. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. He's Alex Ferrario. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. More optimism, ladies and gentlemen. Joel Sherman of the New York Post says he had heard on Monday that even while a new round of public fireworks were ongoing, there were behind-the-scenes attempts to lower the temperature and restart talks between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. He adds that it probably should be assumed if Manfred flew to meet with Clark, he was authorized by his up bosses, a.k.a. the owners, to deliver an offer that was either acceptable or pretty darn close to it. Even the most pessimistic folks that he is texting with right now say that momentum is headed towards a deal. So, optimism abound. Maybe we're going to see baseball soon. Maybe they're getting close to a deal. Let's cross things over with the fast lane. Chris Ranji is here to talk with us, and they are broadcasting live coming up at 2 o'clock. At, where are you guys at, uh, um, We are at uh, Sports and Social. It's a new place. It's um, it's really nice. We're outside, actually. There's a stage. Okay, so you know where Bush Stadium is, right across the street Heard from Park Village? There's that field, like that, uh, you know, little field that was a little plaza area. Yes, sir. Where they have concerts. 
the stage has been moved from the west side to the northeast side, and that's where we are. We are here. This is a very cool-looking place. I haven't gotten to see the inside of it yet, um, or at least not much of it, but it looks like it's going to be pretty solid when the season gets going, and uh, there's baseball here, even though people can't come to the ballpark and watch. Maybe they can come to sports and social and hang out and watch on TV. And yeah. today is the opening, right? Coming up at 4 o'clock, people are allowed in? Yeah, I think so. There was uh, there was a VIP opening last night, which I didn't get an invite. <laughs> I don't think anybody else here did either. Hard to believe. Yeah, I saw photos, and uh, I saw a VIP, and I went, okay, well, I guess we are not that, because none of us were invited. Wait, you weren't? Rivs and BK and I were invited. Yeah, we yeah, were there. Oh, yeah. God. I was wondering why I didn't see you. I thought I saw oh, BT and Stalter there, too, after the show. This is the greatest of all insults. I can't believe... <laughs> That you guys got to come here last night, but I did not. I but anyway, no, guys were there too. I think Meat was there too. Yeah, like everyone oh, was there. Meat. <laughs> meat got to come. Meat was there. He was leading the parade. Outrageous. Anyway, uh, so we're here. It's outdoors. It's nice. It's it's a you know eighty five degrees or whatever it is right now. It's a really nice day, so you can come and hang out with us when they open things up at four o'clock. And uh, maybe we've got baseball to celebrate. Yeah, how you, about you that? Yeah, you mentioned it already, and John Heyman had tweeted about a half hour ago. He was, I mean, his wording was a little bit more optimistic than yeah. what you said, even. You know, he said they are closing in on an agreement. Uh, the deal is expected to be for prorated pay and in- included uh, expanded playoffs. And in order to do all of this, to get those extra games, the players have to waive their right to a grievance. So. I mean, that seems like a pretty fair deal to me. I mean, if they're getting their full pay that they want and it's around 70 games, I think, I mean, that's what they've wanted this entire time. And therefore, they wouldn't have uh, probably filed a grievance if they were to to get that. So if it is what it sounds like, it's if it ends up being what it sounds like it is right now that they're telling us, then in a way, it kind of feels like the owners finally gave in on something. You know, it's not a huge concession because they certainly could have played a whole lot more games than than 70. But at least they said, okay, fine, we'll do it. We'll give you the 70. We're not going to hold you to this stupid 48 or 50 game season or whatever it is. So finally, it sounds like they kind of came a little bit closer to what the players wanted. Raj, I said earlier uh, before we started the crossover uh, talking to BK, I said, you know, If we end up into an area where we thought it could end up, but it was, you know, we were talking about it a month and a half ago or even maybe longer, and now we end up there and we find out that the final deal looks kind of like we thought it would look like, how pissed are baseball baseball fans going to be at that? Knowing that, hey, you know what, we could have got a deal done two months ago or a month and a half ago, a month ago even, and it would have looked just like this and everything would have been fine without all the yanking of the chain all over the place. And now we end up with that deal. You think baseball fans are going to be pissed at that? I think some will be, but they're probably more just going to be happy that, um, you know, they, they were able to, to get something done in the first place and that we're going to have baseball. So I, I don't think they really care one way or the other that it's uh, 70 games or 80 games. As long as they have baseball and it's a, it's a substantial season, I think they're going to be okay with that. But I, I did think about that initially where, like, what if after all this pissing and moaning, they finally they end up agreeing to, like, half the games anyway? You know, Major League <laughs> Baseball's like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to play half the games. We can only play 50. And then they end up doing it anyway. It just does seem like we've gone through this whole process for no reason. But I think the end game is all that matters here because... Three weeks from now, 
when the season starts, whatever day that's going to be, and I think it's about three weeks, um, when the season is going on and there is baseball on the field, nobody's really going to be thinking much about everything that happened in April and May. I think what frustrates me is if we end up getting to a place where, let's say it's like 65 games, right, and they have the full prorated salaries, Yeah, it's going to frustrate me that three weeks ago we couldn't have just gotten to the 82, and maybe it was full prorated salaries for the 65 with deferments for the other eight, the other 17 there. Like it, I, I, I hate that it took this long to get to a place that we all knew it was eventually going to get to, but that's neither here nor there. I know you guys got a lot more coming up today. Uh, the fast lane is coming live from Sports and Social. It is the grand opening. You guys can get in starting at 4 o'clock, but the fast lane is coming up at 2 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the Ribs and BK Podcast on 101 ESPN.